Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and this show is no stranger to food trucks. We've had the owners of Muchachos, Burning Bridges, Izzy's Pizza Bus, Moots, Modern Waffle, and more on the show, and we are diving back into the world of food trucks today, but we're going to do it a little bit differently. With me, I have two food truck owners, Isaiah Renner and Kevin Wyatt, who came together to create a food truck hub that I truly think is one of the most unique stops in Omaha. Let's talk about trucks and taps. Kevin and Isaiah, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Of course. Well, you guys recently celebrated the two-year anniversary of trucks and taps, so congratulations (laughs) on that. That That's a big landmark, to make no mistake. But before we get into trucks and taps itself, you two not only own the place, but you also own and operate your own trucks separately and i would be remiss if i didn't give you the chance to at least tease out your truck so can you each give me maybe get like a one minute to 90 second synopsis of your truck and what you got going on sure yeah um so i own dire lion food truck this is isaiah by the way i yep. should have had you introduce yourselves <laughs> so we know isaiah voices yeah with the dire lion food truck um we do british pub food uh so bangers and mash fish and chips scotch eggs stuff like that um, we have been in operation seven years now, uh, if my, if I, my memory serves me correct. Um, and yeah, you know, our, our operations, I think have changed over the years. When we first started, uh, I owned a cafe and worked out of there, started Dire Lion out of there. Um, and then, you know, since moved out of there and just went full-time food truck, um, and then kind of partnered up with Kevin, what, five years later and, now we're doing this trucks and taps thing, and um, yeah. And I'm yeah. Kevin Wyatt. I own Big Green Q, and uh, we are a barbecue truck that tries to have a little bit of a green aspect to it. We run on compressed natural gas and try to use as much as we can, local and fresh, et cetera. Um, we are also been doing this for about seven years. Isaiah and I started at the same time, and back when we started, there wasn't there wasn't much of a food truck organization at all in Omaha, Nebraska. Or any uh, rules. To or, any, or any rules. <laughs> or, yeah, it was, it was sort of wild, wild west. And uh, we came to know each other through the Omaha Food Truck Association, 
which actually um, was how we started getting some rules and regs for the trucks. Uh, but my truck is known for uh, tater tots. We do a, a lot of the basic barbecue, and then we smoke all kinds of other strange things from fruits to tofu uh, to honey. Right now we're using that in, in a cookie and on a... Uh, anyway, a lot of different stuff going on in that smoky world. Uh, that's sort of where the identity for that truck has come from. Gotcha. I have been to both trucks recently. I can confirm that both of your food is delicious and would encourage anyone to go check out either one. And I would love to have both of you on individually sometime to talk more about your trucks. But that is for another day because today we are focusing on the collaboration that is Trucks and Taps. So I'll open it up to you guys first. Just to someone who's never been to Trucks and Taps or maybe they're hearing about Trucks and Taps for the first time right now, how would you describe it to them? Yeah, um, so I think you kind of you kind of nailed it right away. Um, a food truck hub uh, is what we've kind of kind of called it. From we the could beginning. never really think of a good thing to call it, you but, know, I, uh, but that's that's sort of what it's become. But I guess, in my opinion, the way the the thing that it that it really has become over the years, and I think that you know both of us being in businesses for as long as we have been, um, you kind of come to find out that you you initially start a business one way and it becomes something different. Um, it, it evolves into something different. And I think what it evolved into was more of a food truck incubator is what I like to call it. Um, and what I mean by that is like we, uh, the, other, the other trucks that are there right now, we have three kids, lobster and modern waffle who are the same truck, but uh, three kids lobster um, started what, a two, couple two months, three months, three ago, three months yeah. ago, and has just been killing it. I mean, he's just crushing it out there, and we're and we're excited about that. Burning Bridges, who you had the other day, he's doing awesome. I saw you just rated his chicken sandwich like pretty high up there in Omaha, so it's, he's ecstatic it's about an that. Unbelievable you know? chicken sandwich. Yeah, and it, you know, it's if just, you can get through half of it, it's huge. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's enormous. <laughs> and you know, to Isaiah's point about how this has worked, we've. These people, both of those other two trucks, we had nobody when we started. Honestly, we, we, were, we were winging it. Both of us had a ton of culinary experience. Isaiah was a chef. I was front of the house, back of the house, and had done all kinds of other stuff. I got a degree in hotel restaurant management, blah, blah, blah. But when you're running a food truck, it's a completely different business, and we had nobody to mentor us. So we've, there are times when we would like to charge for, by the hour, for our advice <laughs> and people asking us questions. Uh, but we're trying to build that food truck camaraderie and group and knowledge base that Omaha was lacking when we started doing food trucks. And that's, so there are four food trucks, a commissary within that building. That's all Douglas County Health Department will allow us to have. Uh, works out fine. We're, nobody's in each other's way. We've got a beautiful kitchen for all of us to work in and store our stuff. Uh, and then our trucks either work at the site or if they have an event, they go out and other trucks will fill back in. And we've now gotten to the point where we, we have a lot of repetition of some of the same trucks. And I just recently found out that there's some bad information out there about what it is we do and what it is we charge for food trucks to be here. So I'll go ahead and put it on tape today that, that we charge $10 an hour for the trucks to be on our site. 
They get to plug into our electricity, which means they don't have to run generators, which saves them money there. And then we provide small trays for them to serve off of for people that are on our patio, which reduces their cost for to-go containers and reduces the amount of garbage going into our dumpster. So it's it's a bargain. We're food truck owners, and we did not want to screw fellow food trucks. So for anybody out there who's heard different information, it's a very reasonable place to go, and you've got people there that know about running food trucks that will help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and uh, I think the another you know one of the reasons that we that we initially started it was to uh, create a space that was a little more hospitable um for food trucks so that being that like in that space we have a bar that has a restroom next to it and there's seating and it's covered and it's all right there it's all very um you know compact and 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 complete complete yeah it's it's all there which you don't normally have with a food truck you normally go stand in line somewhere and then take the food back to wherever it is you're going well here we've sort of created an event space Mm -hmm. and i don't think we really saw it quite like that at the beginning no but to isaiah's point things evolve well i love that when i asked that question the first thing you guys went to was not your customers not how you make money about how you help other food truck owners. And that was my number one takeaway from having Zach Bridges on the podcast a couple weeks ago. And he started his truck at the beginning of 2021 with no experience in the restaurant industry. He was a very talented cook, could make food. He was making concrete. Yeah, Yeah. he'd been on my truck and Isaiah's truck maybe a total of 20 shifts. Right. Yeah. He said he never could have done it without you guys. You guys were extremely supportive. You mentored him every step of the way. He not only worked on your trucks, but then as he was building his, you gave him tips and said, hey, these are the things that we didn't think about that we wish we would have known. Yes. Why, why is providing that support so important to you guys? Because I think some a harsh businessman might look at it and say, hey, live and let die. As, as long as my truck survives, that's what matters. You guys clearly take a different tact. So the and that was kind of the next thing I was going to get to with trucks and taps. Um, you would think with you know on some weekends we have five somewhere sometimes upwards to six trucks parked next to each other. You would think that that would just cut into everybody's business. You know somebody somebody's going to be suffering and somebody's just going to just get the whole lot right. But what we found with food trucks is actually that creates a draw, it creates an event basically all by itself. So the more food trucks that are there, it helps out everybody. His food truck draws people. My food truck draws people. Your food truck draws people. And they all come together. And then we're all sitting around, and they all go, oh, my gosh, I want to try those tater tots over there. I want those curry chips that they've got, the Scott Jag. Oh, my God, that looks so good. And I think that it just becomes a, a whole night. And, um, and that's what I think is so cool about Trucks and Taps and so unique about it, you know. It's more of an experience right. than a meal. Right. You're not just going out to dinner. Um, well, and if you've got six people, no, yeah, somebody's always going to nix your restaurant choice. You, no, you I don't want to go there. can't please everyone, yeah. <laughs> right. Here, if you can't find something to eat, there's something wrong with you because everybody, pretty much everybody we get through there cooks from scratch. On occasion, we've got some trucks that are less scratch-focused, but almost everybody cooks from scratch. You can't get a bad meal on that patio. And if you don't want what he's got or what I've got, there's going to be something else there that you're going to want. Yeah. And, that, and that's something that I love is just the uniqueness 
is there's so many different trucks. We're not talking, oh, there's going to be four burger trucks there, four trucks, you know, doing, uh, doing barbecue or whatever it might be. You've got, you guys are routinely there. So you got pub food, you got barbecue. You guys have also had, and this is just by my count off Instagram. So there might've been more over time, but 32 other trucks in two years from pizza to Thai food, to tacos, to snow cones, to Cajun cuisine, to fancy waffles. Like there's always something new coming in and it is, there's such a variety that, yeah, if you go with five or six different people, you don't have to answer that question of, okay, where do we have to eat where we can, everybody can have like that, that medium level of pleasure. Like no one is like, oh, this is the place where I want to be, but you know, it doesn't satisfy two or three of my friends' needs. This is a place where everybody can go and say, yeah, there's there's something cooler, and you can have a different experience every single time. Yes. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of food truck parks around the country, and most of them are static. Most of them have the exact same food trucks. Matter of fact, I visited food truck parks in Austin last Christmas, and those trucks are trucks only in name. They are on blocks. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are not going anywhere. So you go to a food truck park to go for a particular food truck. Ours is different in that it's dynamic. It's going to change. And it's going to change again here with the changes we're making now. It's going to get bigger and more interesting as time goes forward. Can Are we allowed to talk about those changes you're making now? Or is that... Go ahead, Isaiah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, so, so currently we talked about a uh, fence going up. So there's a, uh, a green space, a, a grassy area next... Um, to the building to the south of us that we are currently, right now, they're putting a fence in around. Um, I guess our plans uh, right now are to put another bar out there, um, possibly a stage, and make that sort of uh, an event area. So if you're having like a wedding or an office party or whatever, um, that will be able to be rented. Also, uh, it'll be open all weekends. So we'll, you know, there'll be spaces, picnic tables out there to sit at, and uh, hopefully some events going on when, uh, when we can have them out there, live music, stuff like that. So we're, uh, we're, we're growing. We're, we're growing. We're, we're working on it. That sounds amazing. So <laughs> as I, quickly as we can. So. <laughs> yeah, as the government allows. Uh, so in doing my research, I went back and I found a, um, a quote that you had, Kevin, you said people have a different attitude coming to a food truck to eat than they do coming to a restaurant. They are just, for some odd reason, thrilled about the idea of grabbing food from the window of a vehicle and sitting down and eating it. So I want to talk a little bit just about food truck culture. What do you guys think creates that, just that human desire to want to grab something out of a window and sit at a picnic table as opposed to be served at a restaurant? I have no idea. I mean, I love food trucks, but I have no idea. I have no I mean, idea what it, what that is. But I will tell you that, in comparison to the brick and mortar restaurants I've worked in, we rarely have somebody that is cantankerous or doesn't appreciate the food they get off of any one of the trucks, and that just seems odd to me because always in restaurants you were like okay we've got somebody that's not happy and wants to throw their weight around and you just don't have those people coming to a food truck venue i don't know why 
Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. And, and you got I anything? Think, <laughs> well, and, and I think like uh, you know, food trucks in Omaha, Nebraska, are relatively new. Basically, kind of started when we did. I I would there were, say yeah. there were a few around. A few before, but uh, I did my research by going and knocking on one of the current food trucks that were there. Um, who he happened to live down the street from me. I was like, hey, he's got a food truck parked in there. So I knocked on the door. I was like, what do I do? He says, well, you go to the health department and you <laughs> hopefully pass, and then that's it. I was like, that's it? <laughs> that's all I have to do. Yeah. Um, but I, I think at that point in time, it was still um, – people were still kind of leery of eating off food trucks at that point in time. I think the fact that we have food truck owners, like he was saying, most of the people who come through, they cook from scratch. It's heart and soul that's getting put into uh, running a food truck because it's not easy, not easy by any stretch of the imagination. And that's, you know, one thing that we're trying to help, you know, help alleviate, at least in our, our spot, is to make it easier to operate, you know, just easier to set up, easier to, to service, um, but I think that people see that over time is that, that, you know, the person that is serving you is also the person that's cooking for you is also the person who got it there. And they realize that they recognize that, that, that effort is being put into it and it shows in the food. I mean, being a chef, you know, uh, you can't cook angry, you know, right. um, you, it's it, cause it shows it, 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 it goes out in your food that way. So I think that's what makes food trucks special, you know. And it's a weird front of the house, back of the house thing. There, there is no, there is there's no, no wall. There's no wall now. So you, we have to be careful about who we hire because they are dealing with the public directly. And normally, people in the kitchen are back somewhere, and we don't have a back somewhere on a food <laughs> truck where we can hide somebody who doesn't have a good attitude or is not particularly good with it's the public people. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think there is a, there is a, a joy there that comes through from the truck owners. And I, I guess, you know, I agree with Isaiah. They, it permeates over to the people and they, they feel it too. Also. I mean, you know, I've heard this a lot from, from some of the people who cook with me. Um, you get uh, kind of like an instant feedback, you know, which is, it's good and bad. <laughs> it, it can be good and bad. It can be. But it is so great to, uh, you know, like hand out that bangers and mash and somebody digs into it and you just see their expression, you know, or, and or get what, kitchen people don't normally get to see that either. Right, right. right. They so, might get to hear it from a waiter or a waitress, but they don't normally, you know, that's not normal. It's not normal feedback for them to be able to talk to somebody or have somebody come back up to the window and say, that was the best Whatever. So there is a lot of there's a lot of that back and forth. Well, I think you just hit on something that's a part of it is that you get to talk to the people who are making your food. Like when I came into Dire Lion a couple weeks ago, I, I knew of you. I've I've known of you for a long time, Isaiah, but I'd never met you. And I was hoping as I went up there, I was like, I hope Isaiah's here, like working on the truck today. And yeah, you were the one who served I me was, my food. I was and, the only one that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, perfect. Hey, I'll see you on the podcast in a couple weeks. Right. But yeah. I think that there's something special about that to be able to have that interaction with not even just an employee or a cook, but the owner, the person who's thrown their life, probably their life savings into this truck. And you can just be like, that's that's the guy or that's the girl right there. And I can talk to them. I can converse with them. I can ask them about their journey, what brought them here. There, there's something to that. I agree. 
So you guys mentioned you both worked in restaurant kitchens previously. You have experience working in restaurants. What took you down the food truck lane? Um, I, you know, I guess for me, uh, at the point in the career of my career I was at, I had worked in bakeries, I had worked in catering. Um, before I owned the cafe, I was an executive chef, and that was just, you know, it was 16 hours a day, it was six days a week, sometimes seven, sometimes eight, you know, we'd squeeze <laughs> in another day. Um, and, and it was just, it was just exhausting. I'm not saying... You know, running a food truck, like I said before, it's very difficult, very difficult. And we're still working very long hours. Um, but at least, you know, you get that that sense of I'm doing this, you know, uh, for myself. I'm building something um, that I'm passionate about, not somebody else's passion. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was, it was kind of that way. And I think that uh, food trucks lend themselves well to um, – be able to like try out something that maybe would not be successful in a, in a brick and mortar restaurant, or you might not want to, you know, gamble on it. You know, that was, that was sort of the thing with Dyer Lion was I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure in, in the Midwest in Nebraska, if people were going to be receptive to British pub food. So I was like, you know, I can, get a food truck. It's not as big of an investment. We'll start it out there. And if all else fails, we can do something different, you know? So seven years later, it is confirmed. Right. Omaha's <laughs> like British pub food. Yeah. <laughs> and I still haven't painted the trucks. So. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, what, what took you down the food truck road? I had a, a, a different job once I got out of the restaurant business for a while. And, um, I, have been in and out of the restaurant business since I was 16. So long, long career with food. And I wanted to do something that was mine and uh, talked my wife into it. Um, She thought I was probably crazy at the time, but we, um, you know, seven years later, here we go. So um, it's a, it's an interesting way to express yourself. And I, obviously I do, you know, a lot of the original recipes and stuff on the truck, but now I've handed quite a bit of that over to my chef and he's, you know, we, I've always encouraged people that have been on the truck. Hey, if you've got an idea, there's something you want to cook. This is an environment where we can, we can put it up on the board for a day or two. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, yeah. oh, well, I'm not out. a little out. bit of chalk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not out of fortune here to, to try something. No reprinting menus. Yeah. No, Exactly. Uh, so just to, I should have mentioned this way earlier, but I'm going to mention it now. So Trucks and Taps located off 108th and Q in a, in a former Sonic drive-in. I mean, you can't miss it as you drive by. It's, it's got a sweet patio. You're serving drinks on the interior, both classic cocktails and, and beer and wine too, if I'm correct. correct? Okay. Yeah. You got, you got all in cans. Yeah. (laughs) So you got all four. We pour it in a glass for you. (laughs) Make it classy. If you want. Yeah. You got all four going on. You guys' trucks are going to be there most of the time. Modern Waffle, Burning Bridges are going to be there pretty frequently, too. But they're also, especially on weekends, there's a lot of guest trucks that roll through, like mm-hmm. we already mentioned. So I was just kind of curious, how do you guys curate that schedule? Like, do you go out and recruit trucks to come in? Do they come to you and and ask to come? Is there, like, a vetting yeah. process? How does all, that work? All of the above. All of the above. Um we, yeah, I mean, really, 
the only requirements we have for trucks are you've got to be health permitted, you know, um, you got to be relatively clean, which I think goes along with being health permitted. And, uh, you know, we take their insurance and stuff like that. But really, if you're a food truck and you're passionate about doing food, you give it a crack. You know, we um, actually we we wish we could get more food trucks in there uh, than we do now. Our weekends are busy. Um, We wish that we could just have that rotation all week long, you know, just have interesting stuff all the time, um, kind of build up the businesses on on different days of the week, you know. We'll, we'll be working on that, I, I think, a lot more next spring. I think we're going to see more trucks enter the marketplace. I mean, we've seen more trucks enter the marketplace. And back to your curator question, we, we do get people probably once every two or three weeks. We'll just walk up to one of us and somebody will say, yeah, go talk to them. And they'll say, hey, I've got a truck. Um, so we've got a, a huge long list. But right now the trucks that are in Omaha that are successful food trucks are busy as heck. And Mm -hmm. there was a major change that happened with COVID. And that is that we are now, and I don't know whether this was ever expressively changed or just the government decided to look the other way, but we were not allowed to vend in neighborhoods before. You, Dan, could hire my truck or Isaiah's truck to come in and feed your group in a neighborhood and I could park on the street. But the average person couldn't walk up to the truck and pay during that event. That was illegal originally in, in, in the food truck rules and regs that they put together. And during COVID, there was a huge need for neighborhood associations to create some kind of community within their neighborhood. And this is a place where everybody could go, stand six feet apart, and get food and talk to each other. And what has happened is that's continuing to happen. And those events... Yeah. Trucks do really well yeah, at those. It worked. And it's, it worked, it worked well. really yeah. well. And what's happened is there's now not enough truck hours to cover the events that, to those neighborhood events. And to Isaiah's point, when we started, food trucks were kind of a novelty. And now the, everybody wants food trucks for everything. So there's just not as much truck out there as we would like to have. I mean, if, if we had our dream right now, we would probably put together a large commissary kitchen for food trucks to get started where we could once again mentor them but also have them to mm-hmm. go out to, <laughs> to to go out to our place and serve just because there's there is a need for more trucks in Omaha. So you think it's about to blow up even more than it has? I think I think we'll probably see another 15 or 20 trucks yeah. next year. I mean even based on weekly or you know every other week at the very least we get somebody walking through the door hey i have an idea for a food Food truck truck. (laughs) um what do i do you know they're me who knocking on my (laughs) neighbor's door um except we're we're like an actual place where there's food trucks parked around and and uh, we can kind of help them with that so or direct them and put them in the right direction so what do you tell people like that like how do you even get them to start it's usually a series of questions, you know, well, what's your concept? How do you intend on operating? Are you going full-time? What's it, your experience? And then it depends uh-huh. on how the conversation goes from there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you will know pretty quickly whether they're serious or not. Yeah. Gotcha. So as we've talked about seven years ago, you guys got in pretty early um, yep. on the Omaha food truck scene. So you 
have a unique perspective on how it's grown into what it is now. So I guess I just kind of want to ask this question, just kind of let you guys take it wherever you'd like to. Like, what is Omaha's food truck community like? Like, how, how do the different trucks interact? Is, is it like a familial atmosphere? Does everyone kind of operate separately? Just how would you describe Omaha's food truck community? I'd say when we're together at a larger event, we're pretty familial. I said, but most of the time, most of the events that the food trucks are doing, we're doing one-offs. We're, we're, if we're out doing something, we're out there pretty much by ourselves. I would say the one thing that has become clear over time and that any food trucks that have been in the business for any length of time understand, and that is that for the most part, more trucks are better than less trucks. And that was not originally, when we first started, that was not originally the thought process. This is back to Isaiah saying earlier that, you know, if you have more trucks, more people come and everybody does well. And I think everybody's sort of figured that out at this point in the game. There's, I don't sense much animosity out there between truck owners. No, I wouldn't say so at all. Um, I mean, I do think that there's some events that, you know, where those one-off events, those are, are things where it's like private parties and, and food trucks are doing what they need to do to survive. We're, we're making sure like, hey, is your number of people going to be there to make it worth it for us to, to be out? Um, but I think that, that we've also worked with each other on that, letting people know, like, look, you have to tell people that this is, this is your minimum. This is what you need to make to, to survive, to be out here, to bring fresh food, basically a restaurant, to your office, to your neighborhood, to wherever you're at. So um, I do think that, that the, uh, the Omaha Food Truck Association was uh, a good start. Uh, I think we've kind of... I haven't seen a meeting happen in a, in a while yet, but we did really get uh, the the laws and legislations, you know, pushed through there, and it was good. We used to have um, like uh, more monthly meetings uh, where everybody got together, and it was just kind of like sharing information, like, "Hey, I went to this event. This is what happened," you know, or "So and so says you can only serve this," or you know, whatever. So everybody's been pretty open with. Uh, um, you know, just sharing information and letting you know, like, how you're going to do. Because we all go to kind of the same, same places. places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And both of you have mentioned that there's a power in basically like a multiplying power in food trucks. I'm sure that, that there's a certain max number. But sure. the, the more that you bring in, the more people are going to come. And I think that's kind of where I want to get into the backstory of Trucks and Taps is – Omaha never really had, like, that gathering place before. Now, there was, like, the the food truck Fridays downtown. That existed, but I think that went away kind of during COVID or maybe even beforehand. As as you guys were thinking up the idea for Trucks and Taps, was that kind of the genesis of what you wanted to build? Well, it became that. I I, I don't know exactly when we got in. We were both still kind of halfway looking for a brick-and-mortar. He and I, separately, for for our concepts, and thankfully, neither one of us found a brick and mortar <laughs> and during I, COVID because it would have because it would have been a horrendous time to open a brick and mortar. You guys opened in June of 2020, so yeah, that you would have been yeah. opening right in the heart right, of COVID, right? Well, right we, at the, yeah, yeah, we, we started did. construction January, January one, right? Yeah, 
So <laughs> yeah, it would have been it would have been ugly if we would have if we would have both gotten into a brick and mortar at that point in time. We'd have both been struggling, and we were we were looking for some place to extend our season and group trucks together and do all of the things that you know. And we stumbled onto this old Sonic. I mean, literally stumbled onto this old Sonic, and we kind of looked at each other and went, "This could work." Uh, and we started doing a whole bunch of research on the internet and found nothing really like it. Yeah. You know, there, like I said, there's the food truck parks and stuff out there, but there wasn't anything where anybody taken a building like this that we could find a couple years ago, three years ago now, uh, and and do something like what it was we had in mind. So the idea morphed as it went along, yeah. but it, it morphed positively with all the stuff we did. Yeah, I think I think both of us kind of like that idea of the food truck parks that we've seen elsewhere. You know, Austin. I think uh, what Denver maybe has one, yeah. and um, and and I think you know originally we were kind of trying to do something like that, but we knew that we needed commissary space as well, and we needed places to park our trucks, and and um, I, you know, yeah, it just evolved into what it is now, and I think we kind of just made something cooler than a food truck park, you know, for sure. For people who don't know, what's commissary space? Uh, so it's a rented kitchen space. Um, every food truck is required to have it um, as per the health department uh, in order to operate in, in Nebraska, everywhere as far as I know. Um, not all states are the same, but here everybody has to have a commissary space to run out of. So like he was saying, our kitchen is... Um, it, we can we can put four food trucks, which we have in there now, and that's how much can operate out of there. It's all dependent on how much space you have and and so forth. Equipment, storage, yeah. refrigeration, storage. all the yep. all the stuff that goes with the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And yep. you're sharing it with four different four different cooking entities, if you will, under under one roof, and it works really well. It works really well, but it's uh, it's something that Omaha is short on as well. So, I mean, that's the other thing is, that's the other most common question we get is, I just bought a blah, 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 food truck, food trailer, whatever it is, and I need a commissary kitchen. We don't have them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, are, we are maxed, and good luck, because it's, it's tough out there to find a space. Douglas County Health Department will only allow so many entities under one roof, which I understand, and it, it is what it is. But that's how a commissary works. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned something else, Kevin, that I want to make sure that I highlight about trucks and taps is most food trucks do have seasonality. Like when winter comes around, you're either doing extremely limited events or you're shutting it down. At trucks and taps, you guys put up like a perimeter. You turn on the heat lamps so people can go onto the patio and have a meal perfectly warm so you don't have well, i don't know about perfectly <laughs> yeah. warm, we've done Mostly best. warm. <laughs> we've, I, maybe i was being generous yeah. there we've but. done our best to this point i think yeah um, we're we're still tweaking that whole outdoor experience in the winter time it, it, we're sitting in a place that gets just it's great in the summertime we have a breeze every day of the year it could be dead calm outside and we'll have a two or three mile an hour breeze on that patio i don't know why but in the winter time that's the flip side of it, we still have that lovely breeze, and it's winter. So we've, we've helped it a lot. We're still working on that part of it. But, yeah, we, we wanted to extend our season. Before Trucks and Taps, if we wanted to open for three warm days in January, it was going to be you know six, three 60-degree days in January, you wanted to open. 
where do we go? I mean, how do you how do you know a week ahead to, to try to figure out a place that you're going to go and set up and, and serve food? Now we have a place where if it's really nice, we're open. And if it's semi-nice, we're still open. And if it's really ugly, we're probably closed. <laughs> so, so, you, so if you have a food truck in December and January and you're wondering, hey, it's going to be, you know, 55, 60 degrees in a couple days, give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. We'll let you open. Now, you, you guys mentioned that as you're doing your research, you didn't really find anything like trucks and taps at the time. So when you have this this idea in your head, but you don't really have like any blueprint to go off of, like, what are your first steps? How do you start to build that concept out? <laughs> we just kept looking one, at each other going. One piece at a time. Yeah. yeah. Well, as Isaiah kept saying, hey, if this was easy, everybody would be doing it. So, I mean, we had to we had to deal with the city who said things like, um, we don't have anything like this in Omaha. You're correct. <laughs> yes, you that's don't. The point. We, what are you doing here? Are you just going to be parking a bunch of trucks? No, that will not that will not serve our business well. We want to feed people there too. Well, we need a business plan. You need a business plan for us to open this. Yeah, can you just write us a one-page business plan that explains what it is you're doing? That's that's the level of understanding that bringing something different like this in did. Um, but one step at a time, people started to go, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. But it, it was it was slow and it was tedious. And, and the, bar, the bar. The bar is something like neither of us really ever did before. So we had to build a bar and try and make it functional in a way that uh, would work for there. Uh, we kind of shoehorned it into the corner of the commissary space um, and I, I mean, I think it works it's pretty well. It works pretty, it, yeah. it, it's it's so, worked really well. But uh, yeah, we didn't know anything about that. And then e- even all the things that you have to do uh, uh, as far as contacting Nebraska liquor control and, 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 you know, going down to the city and saying, we're going to open a bar. And, and then you have to post that you're opening a bar. And we didn't know any of that. So yeah, it was just it was uh, a big learning experience. Yeah. We do what we're told. And then we, we got there. <laughs> Now, you talked about how it was difficult to explain the concept to people in the government, people who are used to hearing proposals for restaurants and ideas all the time. I can only imagine it was that much more difficult with the public who has even less experience. How do you promote something that is brand new like this and get people to understand that this is a different experience than anything you've had before, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't come? Like, check it out. How do you promote it? (laughs) I think the I think the funny thing about that is those actually work together. It took us uh, what was seven months about before we before we opened up, and during those seven months we were doing something every day there construction wise. We poured the patio as it is now was actually extended out to the outside perimeter that went you know all the way out so the trucks could just pull right up next to it. So we poured a bunch of concrete there. We did landscaping. We did all sorts of stuff out in the yard, in the in the driveway. And what naturally happened was by the time we opened, we got a lot of the neighbors around there said, hey, I've been driving by here for six months. <laughs> what are you what doing? Is, yeah. What is this? And we're like, well, let me tell you. 
also, can I get you a drink? You know, <laughs> and we still, I, I, I had a lady yesterday, uh, what day, Monday, when we were closed, pull into the parking lot. She just looked at me and she goes, What is this? <laughs> she goes, I've been driving by. What is this? <laughs> so you explain <laughs> food trucks, place to, place to sit, place to eat, place to grab a drink, a restroom. You know, everything you need. It's sort of like an outdoor restaurant with a whole bunch of uh, of different small businesses under the same roof. And you say, hey, come back tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. We're closed <laughs> today, but we'll, we'll show you exactly yeah. what it is if you come back tomorrow. Yeah, and that's a that's another thing with the, uh, with the bar. We also tried to mimic that rotating concept. So all of our beer taps, uh, what we do is we bring in smaller kegs, and whenever one keg blows, we put on a completely different one. So we don't always have the same beer on tap. Uh, we do feature cocktails uh, monthly or weekly or whenever I feel whenever like we feel making like one. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we just try to keep it interesting. We try to we tried to do uh, go a lot more local uh, with our craft beers. Um, and we That's worked really much, well. Pretty much 90% are. We have some Bud Light and stuff and cans for people like that. But... Um, we also tried to do that with our liquors. A lot of our liquors are local or at least uh, craft or small owned, you know. So um, tried to keep it, you know, as locally owned or at least, you know, supporting small businesses as much as we can. So, Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. Did you know that just 1% of all cattle raised in the U.S. is Piedmontese? Or that this red meat is so healthy that it's similar in micronutrients to Atlantic salmon and chicken breast? Rare, healthy, and most importantly, delicious. That's a trio that just can't be beat. I'm so confident that you'll get hooked on certified Piedmontese beef like I did that I want to help you try it. When you visit Piedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, you'll receive 25% off your order. That's 25% off steaks, burgers, brats, sausages, and even bacon. Yeah, I said it. Beef bacon. It'll change your life. Use my promo code to score a great deal and experience why certified Piedmontese is such a big deal today. And now, back to my guest. You guys opened in June of 2020. What was that first day of being open like? What do you remember? Well, I think my truck was the only one open then. Yeah, you were... And I think at that time we were still waiting for the bar to be open. So the, the bar um, didn't officially open until July twenty. Uh, if Rachel was here, she could tell us. Yeah, twenty seventh, twenty third, something. Yeah, before we were fully open. And then so was, that was it, that it was, was just trucks for a while. Yeah, right. it was Actually, trucks. It was yeah. just truck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, truck. Then trucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then trucks and taps. But yeah, I, I think I was I was just kind of itching to like let's do something like it just if it even was if five people show forever. up and, you know so yeah. and I think we had a few tables yeah. not not very many couldn't but, get anything everybody was buying yeah. everything from COVID oh yeah mm-hmm. everybody was everybody was there was you could go on Wayfair or Amazon you couldn't get tables you couldn't get chairs you couldn't get bar stools people were all putting that in their yards and their patios and there was nothing out there I was like. Great! Now we're ready to open. So we, we got no place to sit. Tables, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it was a, uh, it was challenging, but it was once we kind of saw how people received us, we knew we were onto something. And I'm not bragging here. Isaiah would tell you the same thing, and 
people that don't have an ownership stake would tell you the same thing. Every day somebody walks up and goes, this is brilliant. They look around and go, I can't believe I didn't <laughs> think of this. We're like, wow, we're a couple of morons. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did we got so- lucky. You did something right here. So when did you start to see that momentum really pick up? So the craziest thing, uh, side story, the craziest thing about July and August and September of 20 were the people that were coming to the patio were older than me, and I'm borderline older than dirt. So these are these are a bunch of old folks who is not the normal demo for, for a food, food truck. truck. No. But they were coming because they could sit outside, they could get a meal, they could get a glass of wine, or they could get a beer. Um, I, one of the most amazing things was we'd been open for a little while, and it was like one weekend, it was like six or seven couples came in with newborns and they got their drinks and they got their food and they walked off to a corner away from everybody else. And they're like, this is the first time we've been out in six months. (laughs) And it was just like, you know, my heart was just like, oh man, we've got something here that's, that's filling a need. Yeah. People were comfortable. It it happened at the right time. That's for sure. We weren't getting just bobbed with business, but by September we were starting to roll pretty good. Fridays and Saturday nights were, were starting to, to happen there. But we our tables were still wide apart. We've got a few more tables in there now than we had back then, but we tried to keep everything apart. There's great airflow, et cetera, et cetera. So we were getting all the people that wanted to get the heck out of the house. Which was everyone. Which was right. everyone. Well, no, I mean, there were still people <laughs> yeah. that didn't even come out until a year later. They're uh, like, yeah. this is our first time out, and we wanted to come here because we're not going to go sit inside someplace. That, that's but, true. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. But we were getting those people that really wanted to escape, and I, it was it was gratifying, honestly. Obviously, that wasn't a part of your original <laughs> business plan to, yes, COVID. to be prepared for a global <laughs> pandemic, but I think it, it oddly did, I mean... I don't want to say it worked in your favor because that sounds awful. And COVID was terrible. It still is terrible. But it didn't work against us. No, it, it did. You guys did provide a way to go out and get a meal that was safe, where you could be spread apart from other people. You could be outside. The government had told us, "Hey, that's what makes that's what qualifies as safe right now." And you guys could provide that. And that was yep. a huge, and, huge thing at that time. And we talked about that, too. We, we weren't sure. We were like, well, I don't know. Everywhere else is kind of closed down. And what do we do? And we're outdoor. If we keep everything spread apart, maybe people will come. We'll see, you know. <laughs> so, and if, had, if we had known, you know, in January when we started, we might have not done it. It might have changed our... You know, we might have waited or... Yeah, who knew? Just get be getting started now who knows i'd be Mm -hmm. doing something different (laughs) but you stuck with it like we mentioned you recently got to two years and you guys threw a bash a couple weeks ago on saturday you had live music and you had seven different food trucks operating throughout the day not necessarily all at once but throughout the day both your trucks were in operation all day but did you get a chance to just like take a second and look around and be like holy crap, look yeah. at this thing that we've made, and just kind of like bask in the awe of that. Yeah. Yeah. It both did. of us did. Yeah. Both of us Both of us took a couple of times out, and we're like, we got this. We, we, we got this done. It was, uh, it was not 
there were times along the way where it was it was not easy, but to have made it to that point was like, okay, let's let's give back a little bit. So the music was free, the food was good, the drinks were flowing, it was a blast. Yeah, great time. I yeah, the times that I could hop off the truck that day were you know, I just walked around. I'm just looking at like all these people spread out everywhere. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. This is, and the, and the parking at Trucks and Taps, like we had the original parking kind of a little bit less than what, what Sonic was because we, you know, overtook that uh, where the trucks park now. Um, but on the weekends, Fridays and Saturdays, we will have people are parking along our curb, up the hill, in Taco Bell, in the dentist's office, which, by the way, we've asked all of them if we can do that <laughs> um, because we needed to. And so you, you know, you just see people, and they're all they're walking, walking down, down the, the hill, hill at you. <laughs> and it's a great scene. Yeah, it's crazy. It's I love watching that. I love watching that. So I'm glad you guys got that moment because I think it's important, especially when you just – you know, head down, especially in a food truck. If you're just doing that four or five hours straight, just cranking out food, you might miss just the overall significance of what you've built. So I'm glad you guys got that moment to experience it. Other than the two-year anniversary party, what are some of the most memorable days that just when you think of trucks and taps and just like, oh, that was a crazy day or that was a fun day or maybe that was a really hard day, what are some of the top memories that pop to the front of your mind? So I think for me, um, one was uh, we had, I don't know when, when this was, like last summer sometime, those really high winds that came through, and it did a bunch of damage, and it knocked out a bunch of power. Somehow it did not knock out our power. I was scheduled to be bartender that day, and all of a sudden all of these people came, hey, are you open? We're getting all these messages. Like, we're, are you open? Yeah, we're open. So, I mean, I'm just shaking cocktails like like mad. And I was just like, this is cool. You know, I, I was glad to have, you know, be fortunate enough to not have our power knocked out. It was kind of crazy. I think you came in yep. later on in the day and, or, you know, as soon as you could get there, you might've been out of town at that point yep. and driving back. But, uh, yeah, we've, we, I think the most, one of the more memorable ones was, uh, during the first, was that during the first summer we had the big OFTA? Omaha Food Truck Association. Well, that, yeah, that was the first event that I think we ever did. Our, our first um, event was twelve trucks. So we have—I don't think we've ever mentioned this in the in the conversation so far today. We have we have the ability to have ten food trucks running without anybody using a generator, and we're under a metal canopy. So if we had food trucks, and anybody who's eaten out there on a food truck at a place where the generators are running, knows that some of those generators are really loud. All of our food trucks, in order to be at Trucks and Tabs, have to be able to plug in. So with their, with their $10 an hour, they're getting electricity, and that electricity saves them generator money, but it also just makes it a much nicer atmosphere for people to live. But we could plug 10 trucks in at a time if they're running 220, and we plug in a few more if they're not. So... We had, I think, 11 or 12 food trucks mm-hmm. on that first event, and it was just nuts. Yeah. And, and that we didn't have anything special other than face painting. I think that was about the only the only person right. that showed up for that. And yeah. We, I think was, we were supposed to have something else, and they didn't show up. And so, But nobody but, cared. But the people came. So and they that was, spread <laughs> out all over the place because so, yeah. it was still prime COVID time. And they were like, oh, my gosh, we got a place to go. 
What do you think are some of the most important ways Trucks and Taps has evolved in its two-plus years in existence? I think uh, just our operation in general, um, we're still learning. I mean, every day we're still learning on how to work with the trucks that are there, how to work with the trucks that are coming in. Um, but for the most part, I think we, we, you know, have that sort of figured out. Um, we could write a manual, I think, now if we if yeah. we sat down, if you know, this winter, if we wanted to sit down for a couple of weeks, we could we could put together a pretty good manual of how this works. I think I'm going to go back to Isaiah's earlier point. I think probably the most important thing we've done is provide an environment for trucks to 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 grow, to to learn, to thrive, to do whatever, um, uh, to become part of this industry because more is better at this point in the game. I'm I'm we're nowhere near saturation. Uh, and I think you guys make a great point there. I never would have heard of or visited burning bridges if not for trucks and taps. And the things that Zach is doing on that truck with his Juicy Lucy's and that fried chicken, that epic fried chicken sandwich, people seriously go get it. But, like, that would have been hidden to me unless I just stumbled upon it or it was in my neighborhood or my church had an event or something like that. The odds of me seeing that were extremely low. But, I I mean, like... I, I look at the trucks and taps schedule and I see like, oh, who's going to be there? What what might I have the chance to get? And you not only provide that that learning and you can give advice to new food truck owners, but you provide them a space that people are just naturally going to go to and they can stumble upon something new that they might have never even known about yeah. or considered before. It's, yeah, and, it, and kind of like what you're saying, I, I think that trucks and taps, um, it kind of, it markets us and it markets everybody else at the same time. Yes, exactly. Um, and, and, it, and it really helps the trucks that do come in, uh, especially if they're newer trucks, I think. They just get seen so much faster that way, you know, because we've, over time, you know, if one truck comes in and people come for that truck, they're, okay, I saw on your, your, your schedule you're going to be at Trucks and Taps. Where's Trucks and Taps? They look it up. They come out. Holy cow, I didn't know this existed. And then they follow us, and, you know, it just keeps rolling that way. And I think it just helps to build everybody, you know, all at the same time. And a lot of the newer trucks will will get Q&A at the, at the end of the shift or at the beginning of the shift. or I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll ask us things, Isaiah or myself. Or now, we, you know, now we've got a whole bunch of food truck experience between our two trucks for our chefs too. So, I mean, there's people there that they can talk to that will give them some help if they need some help. And that's, that's become something that we're kind of proud of. We would love to charge by the hour for it, but at this point, (laughs) at this point, most of that has been free. Which is just incredible. And it's a huge part of what makes trucks and taps special for an entrepreneur, but you don't have to be starting a food truck to have a great time at trucks and taps. You can just go and whether you guys are throwing uh, a Halloween party or Oktoberfest, Tiki Bash, anything like that, or if it's just Thursday for lunch, there is a chance to get a unique, delicious meal with all kinds of options. You can order from two or three different trucks for one meal if you right. want to. Like, you can do all kinds of stuff. I mean, a great meal would be getting some bangers and mash and some of your famous tater tots, Kevin. Like, you can combine meals like that. So. 
I, I think you guys have just created something, whether you stumbled into it or it was divine intervention, I don't know, but <laughs> you've created something that's really special, and Omaha is very lucky to have it. I thank you very much both for your hard work and for taking the time to come on the show and talk about it today. Thanks thank for you. having us. Yeah, Appreciate you coming out and uh, supporting the all the little independents that come through there. I, the last thing I said to somebody the other day was, they said, so how does this work? And I said, well, you're here, you're supporting three, four, five independent businesses in one, for as many of them as you want. Go, go buy something from all of them if you want. And that's kind of a unique place for us to be in the food business these days. Absolutely. All right. That's a beautiful sentiment to end it on. Thanks. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.